going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast, man. Yo, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing show for you guys today. Um, uh, episode 224 of the show, man. As you guys know, I am your humble host, the underground king, Serge Vicente, man. And let's go ahead and jump on today's menu. On today's show, man, we're going to go ahead and recap a little bit of Robert Whitaker versus Darren Till. Where do both fighters go from here, man? That division, man, we'll talk about at the end of the show, is on fire right now. Obviously, they have the champion, the man, the myth, the legend, Israel, the last style bender. This Sanya, so we'll talk about what's going on with that weight class and the ramifications of that matchup. Also, we'll talk about Dan Hardy versus Herb Dean. Yes, I know Dan Hardy is not a fighter anymore. Yes, I know Herb Dean is legitimately one of the greatest referees that we have ever seen in the sport. But yo, they have beef, and I will be honest with you, I'm gonna be right here and I'm gonna tell you guys exactly what is going on and why, honestly. I might surprise you with whose side I actually go to on this one. Um, Kazmat Shermayev, he is an absolute monster. We've seen him perform twice in the last 11 days. Two dominant victories, man. Is this kid the real deal? People are calling him Khabib 2.0. So we're going to go ahead and discuss and see, is he actually the real deal? We'll also go ahead and have some fight announcements. We have our quick hits of the day. And we're also going to talk about when will boxing actually bring its major players back into play, man. Uh, we'll finish off the show today. We're previewing this weekend's up-and-coming UFC card. With this, it's a fight night. Derek Brunson versus Edmund um, Shabazian and so much more on this episode. Man, so without further ado, like I told you guys before, man, this is the Fight Podcast, episode 224. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. And before we go ahead and jump on into the episode, yo, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to our sponsors. We are brought to you each and every week by Everlast. Everlast, as you guys know, are the greatest equipment brand in the entire world of combat sports, man. If you want gloves, if you want training equipment, if you want anything that has to do with combat sports, go ahead and holler at Everlast, man. Everlast has been around since 1910. Made right there in the great state of New York, in the great city of New York, right there, man. Check them out. Some of the greatest fighters of all time have been involved in it. Some of the greatest fighters ever are using that brand. Canelo Alvarez has used that brand. Mike Tyson has used that brand. The most violent man in MMA, Dustin Poirier, currently uses Everlast, man. Check Everlast out today with promo code The Fight. You will get 10% off of your purchase, man. So it doesn't matter what you need whether it be training equipment whether it be accessories whether it be actual training gear everlast is right there for you man again and so is the fight podcast check them out today um use promo code the fight everlast.com also we are brought to you each and every week after you get done with your workouts after you're sitting there you know you're sore you need to go ahead and recover man and let's not forget about cbd pure cbd pure is a cannabis oil company. They are right out of the great state of Colorado. They're incredible organic hemp grown right there. It is amazing for recovery, anti-inflammatory properties, and so much more, man. I use it little ah, ah, two drops under my tongue every morning, man. It keeps the party going. Check them out today. CBD Pure, one of the highest brands in the entire world. Check them out today. You actually get that additional 15% off when you go ahead and use promo code to fight as well, man. All right, lastly, but certainly not least, we have to have talk about one of our most fun sponsors that we have, and that has to be um, our friends over at Nug Club Official. Nug Club is a weed delivery service, man. Yes, cannabis delivery. Uh, they go ahead and actually drop off a box directly to your home or office if you're on the West Coast. $200 worth of bud for $100. And if you act today, you can go ahead and actually get an extra 10 bucks off by using the promo code The Fight. okay? So check them out today, man. If you want to know a little bit more about Nug Club Official, go on The Fight Podcast IG page at The Fight Podcast, and you can actually see our unboxing right there. While we're at it, don't forget to check out The Fight Podcast at thefightpodcast.com. Oh, all right. I said a lot of that, man. So much to say, man. So let's go ahead and jump into episode 224 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe. All right. 
Look, man, I hope you guys are doing well uh, this week uh, here in uh, L.A. is flying by, obviously. Uh, it, it's been nuts, man. We have so much going on. I, I actually got woken up this morning to none other than a 4.5 earthquake. It goes ahead 4.30 in the morning, man. Shook the entire block. Shit was nuts. Um, I Honestly, I don't know if you guys have ever been in an earthquake until I've Honestly, until this year, I've never been in an earthquake. So far, I've been in three. I would love to sit there and tell you guys that, look, man, it's just Gucci. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. We don't have to worry about it. Oh, I slept like a ba I slept through it. If I said all that, I'd be a goddamn lie. Because <laughs> uh, I'll be the first one to say, I, man, I, I think I had my lady grab holding me last night and rocking me to sleep because that scared the shit out of me. The best way I can explain it is when you're sleeping, it's like you're in a vending machine. Yes, you are the bag of chips in the vending machine and you get stuck and you can't come out and the universe went ahead to try to get you out of it and went ahead and shook the hell out of the damn thing. That's what it feels like. It feels like you're in a vending machine and you got shook out, man. Freak me the hell out. Uh, right first thing, 4.30 this morning. Not gonna stunt. Hard as hell to go back to sleep after that, man. When you have everything going on, man, at the end of the day, man, it, it, it's creepy as hell. But uh, it all happened. It all worked out great, obviously. Uh, woke up a little later on, man. It was Shit was still shaking. So, um, yeah, that's how we kicked it off this morning in L.A. Look, I know, you know, in L.A., the weather is beautiful every day. But at least you don't have to worry about earthquakes, man. <laughs> that's just nuts. Um also, in the news, obviously, man, it is going nuts in terms of, like, you see, we got politics and everything going on. Uh, unfortunately, woke up this morning, Herman Cain, which is one of, he was a big Donald Trump supporter, black dude, was out there talking, talking real spicy about the coronavirus. He said corona doesn't exist. He said corona's not real. And he said, I'm going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm going to go out there to Donald Trump's rally, and I'm not wearing a fucking mask y'all mask people can kick rocks and look i'm not saying this shit to be funny or not but less than five days later herman cain ended up contracting coronavirus and less than a couple weeks after that about a month later unfortunately the last night he passed away due to coronavirus man i say all that to say this people put a mask on this shit's not fake this is real. And now we're seeing more and more, especially if you have prominent Republicans going out there and dying. Fam, this shit is nuts, man. Uh, but it has to be nuts. It has to be nuts when you have the celebrity in chief going out there and tweeting wild shit like he did this morning also. This dude got up this morning and out of nowhere decided to go ahead and tweet pretty much saying, which is something that I've talked about a little bit on this show, I'm not gonna stunt, but he pretty much said, yo, mail-in voting? Don't do that. Let's go ahead and push the election back. Let me sit here a little longer. We gotta push it back. Fam, he really went out there and said that. The president of the United States said, yo, since we have corona, let's go ahead and push the election back couple weeks couple months fuck it a couple years let me stay here longer yo that shit's illegal it's nuts but that is the state of the country that we're currently in man um you know the funny thing about that is actually later on today if you check it out right on ig you see us we have our weekly talk show the scrappy hour usually it is on wednesday evenings it's thursday but guess what? We have another scrappy hour for you guys, man. We have uh, some fun gifts, and I even have a historian. This historian's name is Alex Brown. He's coming on the show, and we're actually going to talk about the historical ramifications of what's actually happening and the threat that this dude actually has, man. So it's super interesting, man. And you know how we get down on the scrappy hour. Yes, we talk fights. Yes, we talk a little bit of everything, man. But look, man, it is a great show. It's going to be there to teach you guys something, a little bit of learning, man. So check us out today at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, right on IG. You can check us out there, man. Also, man, talking about IG, talking about kicking it and crushing it. Everything that's been going on with the versus battles, I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to see it. Fam, the versus battle between Snoop Dogg and DMX, sheesh, one of the best ones yet. 
I'll be the first one to tell you, man, it was one of the best ones yet. Incredible, man. It went back and forth. And check it out. Yo, we understand. We all know. I'm from Chicago, but I, I, I understand Snoop is probably, arguably, the most famous hip-hop artist of all time. More than Pac, more than Big, more than Jay. It's Snoop Dogg. Snoop is the most popular dude of all time. And my man has energy, and he has all the bangers. But don't forget about the other dog on the East Coast from Yonkers. Yeah. DMX went out there and put on a show. You almost forget how fire, how fire DMX's tracks are, man. He went out there. I'm talking about, obviously, with the Rough Riders anthem. When that shit comes on, I don't care who you are. I don't care what time of the day it is. It could be in the in first thing in the morning, or it could be right before you go to the club. I'm telling you, you put the Rough Riders anthem on, and all you want to do is party. I love it. Both dudes went out there, put on the show, man. And look, what they're doing in terms of, um, in terms of the versus battles and actually bringing it now to the fore front and bring it actually to what's happening you know on like ig not just ig but taking it to like apple tv and allowing people to get a higher quality show it's brilliant salute to swiss salute to tim man they have that cracking all right guys um that's kind of what's happening in the world man but you know what we're here for we're here because this is the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast and let's go ahead now and jump on into the episode man number one we have to we have to talk about what is going on um everything else and oh real quick before i jump into uh, like the actual show itself bro I've been watching so much kickboxing recently. Now, granted, yes, one championship is back actually tomorrow. They're back on Friday, the 31st. Um, if, you, if you don't have if you had an opportunity to check them out, uh, you can actually download the Bleacher Report live app. Well, I think they might even have some of the stuff live on YouTube. But um, they're they're coming back tomorrow, 5.30 a.m. L.A. time. I don't know if I'm going to be waking up for that shit, but I would definitely be recording it. Um, amazing fights, man. This card is absolutely stacked. And uh, and I've been watching so much kickboxing, fam. I, I've been watching. They have uh, their champions, uh, Rodatag. I know, I know, I know. His name is Rodatag, fam. They're they're Thai. I don't I don't know how to say their names, but that's how they their shit sounds like action figures. Cause yeah, Rodatag, and you also have Yatsinkly. He's also fighting. These dudes are amazing. One of the funny things that, again, we'll, we'll jump into what's going on with the UFC and shit in a second, but I have to say this, and you really have to always remember, man, it's amazing to me how, especially in this country, people don't pay attention to stand up to, to Muay Thai and to kickboxing. It's not as popular here for some reason, and it's hilarious because what do, us, what do people tend to want to watch when we're actually watching MMA? Come on, bro. Stand and bang, bro. Stand and bang. That's what people want to see. When it gets on the ground, oh, this is boring. Look at these guys. All they're doing is hugging each other on the ground. Well, you have a sport that is strictly dedicated to fisticuffs and throwing hands, elbows, knees, and feet to other people's faces. And it's not popular here in the States, which makes no sense, man. So um, if you have an opportunity, man, tomorrow morning, check them out. It's incredible. One championship, man. Um, the card itself is an all Muay Thai card. Some of the best, greatest kickboxers of all time. You got Sitichai, Sipsung, Pinong. That dude is one of the greatest champions we've seen in Glory history. Remember, Glory was one of the premier kickboxing organizations and he just completely ran through that organization yachts and clive fair texas in this one the champion himself uh we have rata tag and so much more man this card is going to be fun i cannot wait also just something for you guys to go ahead and watch if you haven't done it already okay something that you guys should really enjoy i'm telling you go and watch some of israel the last style benders highlights and not just his highlights, his entire kickboxing career. Some of the fights that he has in kickboxing, um, the, the card, or the, should I say the tournament that made him really famous in kickboxing, this dude had nine fights in three days, ended up getting seven finishes, and he won the tournament against multiple champions around the world. Dude was a beast. It's something special to watch. I'm telling you, 
let's go ahead and watch show some love to the 185 pound champion the last style bender israel adesanya all right speaking of that weight class that weight class is absolutely going to be featured uh, this weekend, and it was also featured last weekend. So real quick, let's talk about last weekend. Last week, we had the former champion at 185 pounds, Robert Whitaker, fighting the former title challenger at 170 pounds, Darren Till. This fight... A lot of people were looking forward to shit i was looking forward to this fight man it's two of the most skilled athletes in the entire sport one of the guys who has been who's already a proven champion versus somebody who all of us believe to be the real fucking deal and that's darren till this was a close fight um at the end of the day a split decision win for robert whitaker i also had robert whitaker win in this fight i thought it was a great matchup um, but it really made me think I heard people saying a lot of different things people going back and forth in this matchup and they're like Oh, I thought till one. Oh, you know, he got run. There was no robbery. No robbery at all. Okay. We're not even gonna play that game We've seen robberies recently. Max Holloway was robbed Against uh, the champion Alexander Volkanovsky that my friends was a robbery This on the other hand wasn't a robbery. This was just a very closely contested fight and they got it right all right. Um, now, granted, some of the judging was shitey on that card. Not only was some of the judging kind of shitey on that card, also um, the the refereeing, which obviously we'll get into in a little bit about this card itself. But all in all, man, this this fight in itself was amazing to watch. Really, really highly contested. Um, both guys had their moments. Darren Till absolutely dropped Robert Whitaker in the first round, and it's something that I also said in this fight. I thought that Darren Till win because Robert Whitaker. When he gets in there against elite striking, he tends to lose. Look what happened to him against the champion Adesanya. It also one of the former title challengers at 170 pound in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Fam got blasted both of those fights. He got knocked out in the second round of both of those matchups. So when I saw he was going in there against another elite level striker, what did I think was going to happen? What did any of us think was going to happen, man? I looked at it and I said, look, Darren, I don't know where his head is at. And it's one of those things that he took some time off because he, he, he said he was exhausted, which I don't want to knock, nigga. We, we, have, we should do that. That's what exactly what we should do if we're competing, you know, and these champions don't have off seasons. So he had to take some time off. He came back, but we didn't know how he was going to react. Therefore, that's why I gave it to Till. He came back then. I'm talking about Robert Whitaker looked amazing. He did him. Yes, he got dropped. Yes, he got split open. But one thing that he did better than I really anticipated is that he mixed it up beautifully. He went out there, man. He mixed up his, his grappling. You remember, he's a champion wrestler in, uh, in the Oceanic region. The dude is legitimately Olympic caliber wrestler. So he was able to mix up his wrestling with his striking. He was able to keep Darren Till off, off, um, off rhythm and off balance and he was ended up getting the win man great great fight he really dominated especially the second round he really dominated but it was an all-around close fight it was a lot of fun and what happens to these guys after that and it'll be very and here's a real quick thing darren till got through that fight and actually suffered in the third round he actually suffered a torn mcl and he fought the rest of the weight man so salute to that man for going out there and doing his thug all right um all right what should happen next who do we believe both of these men should fight next? Because here's the thing. Even though Darren Till lost, his stock goes up. Everyone thought it was a great fight. Nobody loses stock in this fight. So what happens next? Who do we think both guys fight? Well, for Robert Whitaker, the former champion, I think it's very simple. Is it a championship fight? No. What it is, is for somebody who actually won last weekend, and that's Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson went out there and beat Kelvin Gastelum. The winner of that fight should have gotten the winner of this fight, and that's what I think should happen next. The winner of that fight, Jack Hermanson versus um, Robert Whitaker, the winner of that fight then, and only then, should either A, get a title shot, or B, have to fight Jared Cannonier, who realistically should be the number one contender, okay? Now, let's talk about Darren Till for a quick second. Look, man, there's nothing wrong with what happened to Darren Till. Darren Till, I think, is an absolute monster still. He's very young. This kid isn't even 30 years old yet. And that's something that we always have to take into account, the youth of some of these athletes. Yes, we've seen him for a while, but he's young. And yes, he's been in some tough fights and he's fought against some of the best guys in the world, but he's still so young. He's only 27 years old. So being that he's only 27 years old, who should I fight next? Who should he have to fight next? 
it'd be easy for me to say, let's throw him back in there. But what they should do is give him a fight. I would say winnable fight, but realistically, he's already at the top. He should get the lose or the winner. I'm sorry, the winner of this weekend's Derek Brunson versus Edmund Shabazian fight. The winner of that fight is going to end up being in the top five, and they should end up being in the queue to end up winning a title, all right, or being in the, the title contention. So that's who I think it should happen, man. Um, That's who I think. There was no surprises in terms of the fight itself, aside from Robert Whitaker actually, you know, mixing shit up better. But all in all, man, amazing, great performance all the way around by everybody there. And, um, and the card itself was actually pretty nuts, man. So let's go ahead and actually go down the list of the card. Um, the rest of the card, I mean, obviously we had Shogun Hua going out there against Little Nog. He ends up winning the trilogy, winning all three fights. All of them were highly contested. Um, but this one also, it just looked like some old dudes. Now, granted, Shogun Hua, who's 40 years old, man. He, he's been the champion. He's pride guy. This guy's been in the game for almost 25 years. If he retires... It's not a bad thing, especially the way that he retires. This dude is going out winning his last five in a row. It's not what we usually see from these legends. We usually see these legends get dragged. But Shogun Hua is still there, and he's winning fights. Um, was I impressed? Yeah, he looked great. He looked great. I mean, do I want to see him in there against some of the best of the best? No, I, I really would like to see him pretty much finishing his career. But all in all, man, this dude, this is time. It was his time. He went out there. He looked great, man. Salute to both of those guys who were in their 40s and honestly are doing work, man. So salute to both of them. All right. Also on this card, we had uh, Fabricio Verdum, the former champion. He went out there and actually submitted the former 205-pound title challenger um, in Alexander Gustafson. This is Gustafson's first fight since actually... Um, Retiring, and I throw up these air quotes for you guys on YouTube to see he's retired. So he came back. Um, he he weighed in at 240 pounds. Verdum didn't look great his last time out. Um, so we assumed that Alexander Gustafson was gonna go out there and do work, move around, be very difficult to take down. But we forget, and I feel like I personally, me, myself, and I have done this over and over again. I don't give Verdum the credit he deserves. And Verdum, once again, being the underdog, proved that he is one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. And he legitimately needs to be in the conversation. Especially, he himself said this was his last UFC fight. Even though he won in the incredible manner he did, getting a first round um, arm bar against a formidable, formidable opponent in Alexander Gustafson. He said he's done. He said, fuck the UFC. They've shitted me over time and time again, and he'll probably end up in Bellator. Now, if Verdum goes to Bellator, and Verdum wins a title in Bellator, because remember, he's fight, he will be fighting against probably um, Ryan Bader. He matches up extremely well against Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader's dragging guys in Bellator, especially in the heavyweight division, because his wrestling is so much better. What would he have to do against a guy who is the greatest jujitsu practitioner that we have ever seen? Because Fair Doom is, and I'm going to tell you guys straight up, he is the greatest, the greatest heavyweight jujitsu guy we have ever seen. Get, get, get out of here with fucking, you know, Big Nog. Get out of here with, with, with uh, Frank Mir. I don't want to hear none of that shit. Verdum is the guy. Look at his record. Look who he submitted. He has submitted Cain Velasquez. He has submitted Fedor Emelianenko. Do I need to say anything else? Those are the two guys that we talk about as the best of the best. And he submitted both of those gentlemen. He is a legend in the game. Um, the fact that he's able to go out in the UFC in his own terms is amazing. Salute to that man. All right. Um, also, on this fight card, man, um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about... And I know I'm going to say his name wrong, so I apologize, but Kazmat Shmaev, okay? Kazmat Shmaev, um, he is another amazing dude, man, out of, the, out of Russia. I believe he's actually from Chechnya. He's um, a, a friend of Khabib. He is managed by Ali, Ali Al-Aziz, uh, who was Khabib's uh, manager, and they actually call him Khabib 2.0. He fights at 185 pounds. He fights at 170 pounds. And, and this is the special thing about him. If you guys didn't check this out, he's 8-0. And he went out there and actually won 
two fights in 11 days and only absorbed three strikes. I'm going to say that one more time for those in the back. He fought twice in 11 days, has two finishes, and only absorbed three strikes. This dude is a monster. The difference between him and Khabib is this. Khabib goes out there and he'll play the game. He'll stand up. He hits you with the feints. He moves around a little bit. And he uses his setups to get the takedown. Shemaev don't take, play any of that. He goes out there, goes to get you. Takes you down and legitimately beats your ass. This dude is a beast. He is a problem, especially at 170. They asked him recently, what do you think is going to happen? Well, who would you like to fight? Check this out, man. This dude submitted John Phillips, who is not a slouch, at 185 pounds at, at, uh, on July, at, at July 15th at 185, and then KO'd Rise McGee, another dude who's not a slouch, at 170 on July 25th. This dude is terrifying. Now, who should he fight next? It'll be so simple. It'll be so simple for at 170 specifically for the UFC to give him somebody in the top 10. I wouldn't suggest it just yet. The only reason I say I wouldn't suggest it just yet is because let's build him up. Let, let, let's get a following. Let's get a name. Let him destroy about another five guys. Then... Let's start giving him some of these guys. Let, let, him, let him beat a couple of dudes and let's give him somebody then. Then he fights somebody like a Vicente Luque who's actually fighting this weekend. Then let him fight somebody who's top 10 in the UFC. That's when we'll actually see who he is. Because here's the thing. Do I believe he can go out there and actually compete against these guys now? 1,000%. Absolutely. He goes out here and I'm telling you, he drags most of them. But why rush it? Why rush it? Let him take his time. Let him build his name up. Let him get that money. Let him build him up so he can get that money. He does that, then we give him a title shot, all right? All right. Um, the, now, let's, let's talk about, and I know we're moving, we'll keep moving right along, man. Um, let's talk about the drama. The drama that actually took place um, in this past UFC fight night that happened this past weekend. Um, Dan Hardy, former fighter. Um, one of my favorite fighters actually of all time. Um, out of England, he's amazing. Herb Dean, arguably the greatest referee that we have in all of MMA. Okay? Especially since John McCarthy is gone. During the fight itself, uh, Francisco Trinaldo was fighting against Herbert. Herbert is a British fighter who has a lot of potential. He's making his UFC debut. And he was fighting a very close fight against the savvy veteran Francisco Trinaldo. Dan Hardy is a teammate. I preface everything by saying this. He is a teammate, and Dan Hardy, a former fighter who is, a, is also a teammate, is someone who was actually calling the fight. So he was the one behind the mic. He was playing Joe Rogan. He was playing Michael Bisbing that night. He goes out there. And the stop, then Francisco Trinaldo, third round, lands the biggest left hook, hits um, Herbert directly in the forehead, he stiffened up like a board, falls down like a tree. Timber, bang, he falls down, right? Francisco Trinaldo runs up, ends up landing about another four shots before um, Herb Dean stops the fight. You could hear on the film, you could hear during the broadcast, Dan Hardy, who was calling the fight, was screaming, stop the fight, stop the fight, stop the fight. After the fight, Dan Hardy... Had some umbrage, obviously, the way Herb Dean handled the situation. Goes out there and essentially gets him a shouting match with Herb Dean after the fight. People are pissy at him, and they're also pissy at Herb Dean. Where do I feel? Where do I stand um, in terms of both guys? And who do I think is right or wrong? I hate doing this, and I never do this. I, I hate, you know, being on the fence, but I'm going to be on the fence with this one. I see both guys' point of view. If you watch it in real time, if you watch it over and over again, was it a, was it a stoppage that should have, should have continued going on? Should those four shots have landed? Absolutely not. Herb Dean should have stopped the fight sooner. That, that's my initial point. I thought it should have been stopped. Watching it again. Yes, it was close. But I do not know how it feels to be in that position of a judge. 
Because once you do watch that fight again, and this was Herb Dean's point, Herbert was moving around. Herbert was starting to protect himself, which he actually was. Herb Dean being somebody that you're not right on top of it, we do not have the benefit of actually sitting in front of a TV screen like the guys actually watching. If you ever see the guys actually calling the fights, they have their heads down like this. And they're actually watching the fights with their head down like this. Why? It's because the screen is here, not in front of them here, because they can't see everything. The judges being in there don't have the exact angles. So if they don't have the angles, it might be difficult, especially if you start seeing a man arguably defending himself. I thought it was a bad stoppage. I preface it again with that. But Herb Dean, credit to him, goes out there, has a, uh, um, a, a post on his IG stories and says, look, dude, this is why I stopped it. I would do it again the, way, the same way I did because of this. Dan Hardy comes out, does a whole soliloquy, an hour show on his podcasting platform talking about why Herb Dean was wrong. They're both right. They're both wrong. Who gives a shit, to be honest with you, okay? Let, let, let's just keep it a buck. That's really what it is. Um, this, is a, a, this is a preference thing. Um, Herb Dean is one of the best in the game. I would have liked to see Herb stop this fight, but the fact that he is doubling down on it and the fact that it was actually thought out, I'm not mad at. Now, him saying that, you know, you can hear people, I'm not stopping it if I hear somebody saying it because I don't know who's saying it. I agree with him on that regard also. Um, and we also have to remember Herb Dean is one of the best in the game, okay? If Herb Dean stopped it early, we would have had an issue. We've, we've had an issue. He stopped fights early, and people are like, oh, he stopped it early. I think this shows us, guys, how difficult being a judge is, or should I say referee. Now, judging, on the other hand, there's if ands, or buts about it. You have the same fucking TV screen that I do watching the fight. I don't need to have, there is no excuse for a Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky type matchup. But in terms of refereeing, I truly understand. And Dan Hardy doubling down to stuff, you're a fighter, you're passionate. I love that. I love people standing down and not being company men. It's whatever, it, it is what it is. But bro, shift your, your, your venom somewhere else because Herb Dean's one of the good ones. All right. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick time out man and let's take a break and we have to show some love to our sponsors remember each and every week we're brought to you by everlast everlast is the greatest uh, <laughs> uh uh equipment brand in all of combat sports man and all of training i don't care if you want bands i don't care if you want boxing gloves i don't care if you want hand wraps i don't care if you want trinkets itself everlast has everything you need check everlast out today Promo code the fight, you will get an extra 10% off, man. That's what we can do here for you, man, right here in the Fight Podcast. Because we want you guys to go out there and train, even though, again, most of us are still locked down, man. So get your equipment that you need because all of us are training from the crib nowadays, man. All right. Also, let's give some love and some shout out after you get done with your workout because we're all sore and we feel like shit. Check out CBD Pure, man. Check them out. CBDPure.com is an incredible, incredible, incredible company. They're a cannabinoid brand that actually processes organic hemp and has the best CBD hemp out there, man. They're incredible. Um, they have the droplets. I take them every morning when I get up in the morning I'm, for your recovery. I give some to my grandmother. She used to have terrible arthritis in her hands because, you know, they all do their T-Rex thing when they get super old. I give it to her, and now she's out there grabbing shit again, man. I love it, man. CBD is amazing. Go ahead, you get 15, not just 10, you get 15% off if you go ahead and holla at CBD Pure. Check them out today, add promo code the fight, and you get an extra 10% or 15% off with CBD Pure. Lastly, but certainly not least, if you are in LA or anywhere on the West Coast, check out Nug Club Official. Man, Nug Club, they're amazing. They're a weed delivery service that delivers premium bud. Man, I'm telling you. Primo Bud directly to your home or office. If you don't believe me, go on the Fight Pod at the Fight Podcast's IG page. Look right on our IG stories, man. Or should I say our IG TV? We have an unboxing so you guys can see what it is, man. $200 worth of Bud, 100 bucks. You guys get an extra $10 off. So literally, you get $200 worth of weed for $90 with promo code the fight all right man thank you to all of our sponsors man love you guys let's go ahead and jump on back to the episode of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe the fight podcast this is episode 220 
24. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 223. I got a little overzealous, my bad. All right, and as you guys know, I'm your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on a little bit. A lot more to get to, man. Let's talk about some little fight announcements. Uh, Bellator heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. We talked about a little bit earlier. Ryan Bader. Darth Bader is back. He's defending his belt. Bellator 244 against Namanetov. This dude is a beast, man. I cannot wait. Um, and it's been fun, man. Next week, Bellator is back in action as well. They're headlined by Michael Chandler and... Benson Henderson. Bendo, man, that's going to be an incredible fight card. That's going to be an incredible fight. The first fight between the two guys was close. This one, I believe, probably will be a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more dynamic, man. So I can't wait to see what actually happens there. Also, moving right along, this is the one that all of us have been waiting for. Legitimately waiting for. UFC lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov is back in action and he yes he's fighting the interim champion Justin Gaethje and that is set for October 24th of this year UFC 255 that is the headlining bout Khabib is back okay he said he's ready the eagle is ready to take off he's ready to, to actually get out there after his father's passing um, Daniel Cormier, his teammate, has said he is still dealing with it heavily, but he believes that he is ready to go. I cannot wait for this fight. This is against the. This is the fight that I wanted to see. This is a fight that a lot of us actually wanted to see, man. It's incredible. You have two guys that are ready for it, man. You have somebody who I believe is really starting to reach his potential in Justin Gaethje. I think he is a live dog against anybody in, in the world at 155 pounds. And Khabib is arguably the greatest of all time at that weight class. Now, after this fight, Khabib says he wants two more. He wants to defend his belt against Justin Gaethje. And then early next year, he or late ne this year, he wants to go and fight GSP. George St. Pierre Rush himself. I don't know if that fight's actually going to happen. I don't know if Dana White's actually going to allow that fight to happen because you know how Dana feels. He doesn't want somebody to come and fight and then leave and not have to defend his belt and, the, and the, everything's in limbo. But because it's arguably going to be Khabib's last fight and they can get hella cash for it, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we might have an opportunity to see Khabib versus GSP. And if GSP gets that fight, he'll be fighting for his third fight weight class title which he's already thought of in my opinion he's the goat if he wins this one he will be the goat for everybody all right uh moving right along the dana white tuesday night contender series is back it will be back starting august 4th man i love this series i think it's better than the tough series that they've had they have amazing guys edmund shabazian He's gonna. He is from the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. He's competing this weekend. We have guys who are friends of the show who have been on. Obviously, we have Sadiq Youssef who has been on there. We have Mike uh, Green who's been on the show also, man. And more uh, recently, Anthony Romero. Anthony Romero, who was in episode 222 of the Fight Podcast, he will actually also be competing on that card. He will be competing in actually week four. So I can't wait for that to happen. Obviously, I'll break that down when it gets closer. And then all those fights will be held in Las Vegas, Nevada. All right. Um, let's move to the PFL. In the PFL, man, Lance Palmer. For those who do not know Lance Palmer, Lance Palmer is an absolute monster. 22-3. He fights at, a, at, um, at 145 pounds. He's the former champion. Um, or should I say the two-time PFL champion. He's a former WSO, the WSOF champion. He's won the million-dollar prize twice for the PFL. He is the former Team Alpha Male wrestling coach. Dude is a beast. He's one of the greatest that we've seen, and he's one of the best that we've never seen in the UFC. Now, he wants a release from the PFL because, as we all know, the PFL canceled their 2020 season because of COVID. So now he wants a release. He's like, I'm not getting paid. I'm not making the money that I want to. Yes, I made $2 million over the last couple years, but you guys aren't paying me, so I want a release. This opens up a lot of different things. Yes, I would love to see Lance Palmer stay with the PFL, but this gives us an opportunity, if they actually let him go, for us to see him compete against the best in the world. Who wouldn't want to see Lance Palmer fight against Alexander Volkanovsky? 
Who wouldn't want to see Lance Palmer fight against Max Holloway? This dude is an All-American wrestler from Ohio State, the Ohio State University. He's an absolute beast, man. He has power with both hands. He's a dynamite wrestler. He does not get tired. So much fun to watch, man. I hope they figure this out. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we never know. We never know what's going to be happening. And uh, I, I, I really hate, 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 hate to see another amazing fighter stuck in limbo. Stuck in limbo because of contract negotiations. It sucks. And this is what I'm going to say. And it's the only thing I'll say about it. Yo, fighters, this is why we need a union. Y'all be able to battle these and combat the organizations better if you unionized. You wouldn't have organizations getting over 82% while the fighters only get 18% of the revenue share. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. But we continue to allow it. When I say we, I mean the fighters continue to allow it because they refuse to organize. And the, and the organizations are doing everything in their power for that not to happen. But I digress. It's something that a lot of us have talked about over and over and over and over again. And nothing seems to be happening. So I, I wish the best for Lance Palmer, but shit, we'll see. Um, all right, let, let's talk about boxing uh, before we go ahead and jump into this weekend's Fight Night's picks. Um, when will, and, and Steve Kim of ESPN made up a great, made a great point. He's one of their top boxing writers. Actually, since Dan Raffel left, I think he actually is the top uh, boxing guy. When is, or when are the top boxers actually going to come back? Yes, boxing has come back. We have top rank has come back. We have some, some other lower level guys. Even some of the bigger prospects come back. Virgil Ortiz competed. Not only did Virgil Ortiz compete, we also had Shakur Stevenson. We're seeing some of the prospects come out, but when are the big dogs coming? When are the stars coming out? And the reason that Steve Kim has said this, and I've said this on this show, our boxing guy, Brandon Camille, has also said this on this show, but what it really is, it's because unlike MMA, boxing gets, especially the big names, it is built strictly on pay-per-view, and they get a lot from ticket prices and revenue shares. If there's no audience, these big fighters aren't trying to compete because they're not getting the same amount of cash. And since they're not getting that same amount of cash, it's hard to get these guys in there. So now we're starting to see it. PBC obviously has figured it out. Uncle Al went out there and has a show. We have a double pay, uh, pay-per-view headliner with the Charlo Twins, which is incredible. We're starting to see those guys come back. Obviously, Big Charlo is fighting against Debrachenko. That is a fight that is huge that we're waiting to see. Yesterday, it was finally announced Errol Spence is back. Errol Spence, the IBF and the WBC champion, is back. He is going to be fighting against the former champion at 147 pounds, Danny Garcia, out of Philly. This fight is two of the best at welterweight in the world, okay? Um, this is also the first fight that we're actually getting from Errol Spence since his terrible car accident that almost took his life earlier this year. So we don't know what's going to end up happening with this fight. I believe it's going to be the same exact Errol Spence that we've all known and loved. But a lot of people, including Steve Kim, is saying that he thinks that Danny Garcia is going to go out there and actually knock out Errol Spence Jr. Man, that's, that's talking spicy. That there itself is a hell of a, of, a, of a hot take. I don't see that happening. Now, does Danny Garcia have some skills? Fuck yeah, Danny Garcia has skills. Boy, he's going to stand up. He's one of the best in the world. Do I believe he has what it takes to actually beat somebody like Errol Spence? I don't. But if Errol Spence isn't fully recovered, oh, then all bets are off. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens, but we're starting to get these big fighters back. Canelo is in negotiations. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but he's coming back. Terrence Crawford is actually putting a fight together currently. Bob Arum is currently working on it to actually have it's nothing set in stone yet, but they're trying and arguably getting this fight set up with Manny Pacquiao. Terrence Crawford versus Manny Pacquiao? Are you kidding me? Sign me the fuck up. I want that fight. That's what we're looking for. And those are the fights that seem like they're going to happen back half of 2020. So boxing seems they back half 2020 is going to be fired. We obviously have NCAA. Are, is, they say he's coming back. At the end of the year, we have uh, Tyson Fury against Deontay uh, Wilder. The, the, the trilogy fight there as well. 
Let's see what happens, man. But that is the reason why boxing has not come to fruition. And that's why these big people have not come back. It seems like the organizations are starting to figure out and the promoters are starting to give these dudes what they're worth and the money that they're owed. But only time will tell. So we'll see. We'll see because none of these fights, aside from the Charlo fights, are actually signed, sealed, and delivered to this point in time. And the Mike Tyson Roy Jones fight. <laughs> that's for another fucking day. All right. Um, let's go ahead and take a little bit of time out, man. Um, hope you guys are doing great, man. This has been, uh, this is episode 223 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the fight podcast. I, as always, am your host, Serge Vicente, the underground king. Remember guys, check us out everywhere on all podcasting platforms at the fight podcast. Check us out on all social media platforms at the fight podcast. And also, man, if you guys want merch, let us know in the comments, man. We have some merch arguably for you guys as well. So check that out today. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com. All right. Um, let's go ahead and jump into this fight night. We have a fight night. This fight night actually is not in um, in uh, in Fight Island anymore. We're back to the States. But we have Derek Brunson, the number eight ranked um, uh, middleweight in the world with a record of 20 and 7 competing against the upstart the hype train the Ronda Rousey managed this is Ronda Rousey's protege people Edmund Shabazian Edmund Shabazian's number 8 uh, the number 9 ranked guy so you have the number 8 versus number 9 ranked guy a lot of people will say, look at this fight and say, is this too much too soon for Edvin Shabazian? I say no. He's already gone out there and beaten somebody in, in an impressive fashion in terms of um, Brad Tavares. This dude is an absolute monster, and he's ready. I've said this time and time again. Derek Brunson, as great as he is, is the litmus test. He's not a journeyman. He's the litmus test. He's the guy that if you can get past him... Then and only then, you deserve a to be in the the conversation of a contender because he's that good. Okay, he's been in there with the best of the best. He's even knocked out Leota Machida. That's how good Derek Brunson is. So we'll see what happens. I think this fight is a great stylistic matchup. Um, it is going to show us really who Edmund Shabazian is. He has all the skills. Great on the ground. He's great standing up. He's explosive. He's huge for the weight class. But Derek Brunson is somebody that has not lost since he lost to the, the champion in Israel, the last outbender, Adesanya. He has slowed himself down. And he is on a three-fight win streak himself. And he has looked extremely impressive. This fight is going to be a very good fight. Now, Edmund Shabazian, out of his nine professional fights... He has finished seven of them. He is a monster. And if we look at it, Derek Brunson is somebody who himself knocks most people, most of his opponents out that he knocks out. He finishes in the first round also. So this is going to be an explosive fight. We don't know how it's going to go. Me personally, I always believe in the upstarts. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Edmund Shabazian, I think, is the truth. I see him winning this fight in a decision. I think... Derek Brunson is super tough, but I'll tell you one thing. If you count out Derek Brunson, he'll put your face out. He'll lie, he'll knock you out, and it'll be a totally different fight, man. So, like I said, I have Shabazzian in this fight. Also on this fight card, we have Vicente Luque. This is at 170, fighting against Randy Brown. Randy Brown, another guy from the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. An absolute beast, okay? He had a couple struggles early in his UFC career, but he is on a four-fight win streak, and it looks extremely impressive. Randy Brown is 12-3. and three. He's fighting against Vicente Luque, who is always tough and is always in the fight of the night. The number 12-ranked guy, 18-7-1. He's won five, of, five out of his last six fights. I'm telling you, man, this fight is going to be fireworks. I'm rocking with New York's own Randy Brown in this one. I have faith in my mans. I think his stand-up, I think he's slick. I think he's going to have too much movement, and I think he's going to win this fight in a decision. Last fight I want to talk about on this card, we have to talk about Friend of the show, Lando Groovy 
Venata. Groovy Lando is back. He is competing against Bobby Green. Bobby Green is a dangerous dude. This is a fight that can go either way. Both men are wild men. Both men are creative with their striking, and both men can be beaten, and that's why this fight is so entertaining. This fight is going to be my pick. These last two can either way is going to be fight of the night. I'm going with the Lando Venata, Bobby Green fight for fight of the night, and since he was on the show, can't lie, I'm, I'm a little biased. We're going to go ahead and rock with Groovy Lando Venata. All right, guys. Um, with that being said, that's about all the time we have for the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Underground King. Shout out to all of our sponsors. That is Everlast. You get 10% off. That is No Club Official. You get 10 bucks off of, of a $200 box. So you actually get it for 90 bucks. The box is 100 bucks, 10 bucks, 90 bucks, $200 worth of shit. And the last but not least, CBD Pure. You get 10% off all of them. You can get a promo code The Fight. Check them out. Check out our website, thefightpodcast.com. Follow us on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Um, follow us, our website, thefightpodcast.com. And make sure you check out every Wednesday, actually tonight, it's at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Um, 8 p.m. Eastern. Check out the Scrappy Hour, which is the greatest combat source and culture talk show in the entire universe. We have historian coming on today, on top of a of an MMA legend and some boxing talk. That being said, I love you guys. This is Mr. Serge Vicente, the host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'll see you guys next time, right here on the Fight Podcast. Deuces. Deuces.